getting before we start the actual recording click of the pens paper shuffle all right i think i'm good get all the clickies out get all the clickies out all right let's see the clickies sorry (laughs) (laughs) oh god now it's gonna be a moment oh we're all a little sleep deprived this is gonna be a great show (laughs) (laughs) welcome to no You ruined it. So Try sorry, it again. Ryan. So I'm so sorry. Go. Do it again. Go. Welcome to Things I Got Wrong. Come the on. General Trivia Podcast with a healthy dose of internet and media things. I'm Ryan Bott. And he's going to try the intro. And I'm Rachel Miller. I'm Stuart Hopkins. Look at that. We nailed it. <laughs> Just like we always do. And we are completely put together today. <laughs> we're professional. And, you know, we're firing all say. cylinders here. Doing great, doing great. We've got a collective brain cell between the three of us that's going to be working very hard tonight. Yes. Firing on all cylinders, but completely out of fuel. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it feels like. I know, I know. I'm laughing because it's so true. Rachel, you told me you had an instant right before we got on the show. Uh, yeah, so uh, my hair, as of right now, is between a a uh, red and like a fiery orange. Ooh. Uh, Why? This, um, so you guys will hear about, actually, you'll hear my pick now because it has related to it. Um, I dye my hair just a little bit. And so I use a, um, basically a gradual color deposit shampoo, which it's not like a full dye, but what it does, it just, it keeps up the hair, like the dye as it fades. Oh. So it just keeps it from going, um, going bad like that and i ran out and i couldn't they were out of stock on the color that i use on my pick which i really like which is called gem lights and it's really cool it works really well it's pretty subtle i really love it and but they were out of stock on the color that i liked when i needed it and so i went and uh, i found another one that appeared to be kind of like it um maybe i read the box wrong (laughs) um and anyway well it said that like so the difference is, is that like this one it said it worked just like the one that I had used. So instead of being a shampoo, this one was a conditioner. So okay. like it wasn't like an independent like hair dye box if that makes sense. It was and this still like working. 10 minutes before you got on for trivia. Yeah, and so oh, but no. I kept but like you know I was a little concerned with the color cuz it was a little darker so it was like they said keep it on 5 to 10 minutes which was what my other one was which I really liked so that wasn't out of the ordinary and so but it looked a little darker than I was prepared for so I was like you know what I'll just do 2 minutes I'll do shorter yeah okay. 2 minutes I look like I intended to dye my hair orange Oh no Rachel Um so we're really put together tonight <laughs> I do will highly recommend. <laughs> yeah, like no, you- <laughs> there's nothing I can do. And there's nothing. I, I'm 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 enjoying myself. I hope so. That's the way. I am. Come on. And I was going to say, I do recommend my pick, which is Gem Lights, because it's worked amazingly for me. Just, just get the right one. Just yeah, just right. Don't. Exactly. Make sure that you. I didn't you write know. down the name of the other one for a reason. For surprise. <laughs> No, so that I wouldn't accidentally recommend the wrong one. Oh my gosh. I'm At so least it's... Con- I'm so concerned. <laughs> Have you seen her since no, this is No, I've been what? prepping for trivia. <laughs> <No. laughs> 
Oh Ryan, save us. <laughs> no. Well, speaking speaking of neon colors or like, you know, brightly colored things, um, have you guys ever had Blue Moon ice cream before? Yes. No. I grew up with it. Thank you. I'm I've glad to hear it. Bell, which is a big thing in Oklahoma. What what's Blue Bell? Like a I, local I, dairy. It's like out of Texas. I don't oh. remember if it was that good, but we went on field trips and we got free little things of ice cream. Oh. That's mostly what I remember. Okay. But Still Blue Moon. Good. But Blue Moon though, this is this is something else in and of itself. It's uh for Ryan, since you don't know, uh, because Rachel obviously had like a proper childhood here. Um <laughs> Blue Moon ice cream is a it's a Midwestern thing and it's only available in certain states. Hmm. It's uh, a super bright blue color, and there is no way to describe the flavor. It's the blue part of the Superman ice cream, if anybody's ever had Superman, which is like (laughs) cherry, vanilla, and then like blue. Um, (laughs) It's the blue part of that. (laughs) Uh, It is fantastic and delicious. And there's there's this whole thing, like you you can't find an article that actually is able to pin down what the flavor is. And the owner (laughs) of the flavor refuses to say. People take guesses all the time. it's, some people say it's like tropical, like pineapple-y and like kind of citrusy. Other people say uh-huh. that it tastes like the aftermilk of a bowl of Fruit Loops or Lucky Charms. Like it varies wildly and it's all right. Um, like all of those are accurate <laughs> and correct. It is, it, it's, it's fantastic. It's been my favorite ice cream my whole life. And, um, but you kind of have to hunt it down. That's the thing is it's, it's rare. Only it's certain rare locations have it. Yeah, it's as rare as a blue moon. Um, but one of the, ice cream shops out by me that I went to as a kid, uh, which is actually frozen custard. It's not ice cream. Mm-hmm. They had a sampling of it. And so they got their hands on it and it's in, in frozen custard form. It is that much better. And so I had my, uh, what is essentially the optimal version of my favorite version of ice cream or my favorite flavor of Ooh. ice cream the other day. And I left work to go get it. <laughs> <laughs> I literally told my, my work, I'm leaving at 1 p.m., for a long lunch, <laughs> which may or may not include ice cream. <laughs> As it should. As it should. So uh, I got some of that, and that was absolutely fantastic, and I just needed to share that. I think we talked See, about this on like a super early episode of the show. Oh, probably. I think we, we might have. You know, I think I remember I, the like... Sorry, Rach, good. I was just saying, like, I had it because, uh, for the listeners who don't know, my mom's from Chicago. Um, so right. even though I didn't grow up in Chicago, especially when we were pretty little, we used to come back here all the time and so i would be out there so and i do remember going to an ice cream shop and getting it so i swear to god i'll have to check with my parents but i wonder if it's the same one it might be it's like seafoam green it's it's delicious it's so good it's like the perfect childhood color and as an adult, I still refuse to, to, to skip over it. I will always eat it. The Chicago oh, Tribune no, has described the ice cream as Smurf blue, marshmallowy sweet, and tasting remarkably like Fruit Loops and Fruity Pebbles. It's so good. <laughs> I want to try it. I, I typed it in, and the first autocomplete thing was blue moon, ice cream, and then flavor. Yes. Which makes sense. Uh, I want to find it don't if you ever all right so like people claim that like jenny's ice cream in chicago has it no it's a knockoff it's this sick combination of (laughs) lavender and vanilla it's not no it's it's terrible it's absolutely terrible don't get it uh it doesn't do the job there's nothing like it throw it in the trash that's right you feed it to the pigeons it's not worth anything um (laughs) but if you find the real blue moon 
which I know that like if you have a Meyer by you, Meyer stocks it. It's not as mm. good as fresh, but Meyer does stock it. Colonial ice cream used to have it. It's it's hit or miss. You got to look around for it. It's it's a hunt for the blue moon. Gosh, you got to go on like a witch hunt for it. That's why I freak yeah, out about it. Wait till the right so time good. of year. <laughs> yeah, that too. Huh? So, so uh. <laughs> who distributes it? Because um, I'm literally not seeing a single thing about the actual. Right. I don't know. I would have to look that up. Uh, I, I honestly, I don't know. It used to be Purple Cow Ice Cream was like the owner of the flavor, but they might have started to like actually license it out hmm. to other companies because, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's gone to a variety of flavor, uh, places and, and stuff like that. And I know that Purple Cow Ice Cream was branded, like owned by Meyer, or at least like they were stocked in Meyer. But then now they sell it to a different, like high quality ice cream brand or whatever. And that's the only way I can find it. Yeah. So who knows? That's cool. Stay on the lookout. And we'll stay on the lookout as we get to trivia because this is the very 77th ever episode. Mm. And we have 77. Six rounds of wonderful questions for the three of us to answer and earn points and vie for all of the blue moon in the world. Yes. I want the moon. We're here for it. <laughs> Shoot for the moon. Even if you miss, you'll probably die because there's no oxygen in space. Oh, Jesus. So with that. But you might get ice cream before you go. Also, stars are so many, many light years beyond the moon. Like, you do not reach for the moon and wind up in the stars. You read. That's like thinking that you reach for Detroit and wind up in Singapore. That's not how it works. (laughs) As I'm sure Stu can allude to as he starts this round, as always. Oh, thanks, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty. Um, My round, I had so much fun with this. uh, A couple of episodes again that I had to do it this time. Uh, My round is popularity contest. This is where I will list out the popular items of a given year. Both of you will guess what year it is, and whoever's closer will get the points. Nice. Pretty plain and simple. Question number one. The book was The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. The fad was Afros. The game of the year was Mystery Date. The toy was Barbie Dolls. The song was Wooly Bully by Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. And the movie was The Sound of Music. What oh, year wow. was it? We're going to start with Rachel whenever you're ready. 1962. And Ryan? I wrote down 74. Ah, uh, it goes to Rachel at 65. Yeah. That's too really? Late. Nice. Well done. Well, okay, so I know all about Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe because I'm a Tolkien person. Um, and they were, he was very good friends with um, C.S. Lewis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, Sound of Music. Uh, one of my very favorite shows is called Call the Midwife. Um, not super into the medical stuff, but the character development is just downright as, it, amazing in it. And, um, and it takes place from... I think the seasons right now are 57 through 64. Okay. So, but it, it's actually, it's really cool. Anyway. Nice. Nice. Two points to Rachel. Question number two. The fad was poodle skirts. The game was Candyland. The toy was a hula hoop. The song was Goodnight Irene by Jordan Jenkins and the Weavers. And the movie was Cinderella. Whoa. Ready. If Rachel's ready, we'll go with Rachel first. 1954. And Ryan? 1958. 
It goes to Rachel. It was 1950 exactly. <sighs> Hula hoops. Hula hoops. That was like the toy of the year. Huh. Question number three. The book was The Alchemist by Paulo. I can't pronounce the last name. Uh, Paulo Coelho. Coelho. Thank you. Wow. All right. Well, somebody knows their actual literature, <laughs> not me. Um, <laughs> with a close second being Matilda by Roald Dahl. The fad was spiked hair and couch potatoes. The game was Super Mario Bros. 3. The toy was Micro Machines. The song was Faith by George Michael. And the movie was Who Framed Roger Rabbit. We'll start with Ryan on this one whenever you're ready. Uh, 1993? You said 93 or 83? 1993. Okay. And Rachel? 1989. Oh, man. Uh, It goes to Rachel again. It's 1988. I thought I was so I was thinking about it I was like I feel like I'm gonna go early but I feel like it's death I feel late 90s but I'm not sure I'm sorry yeah. Mario 3 was 88 or yeah, it was 88, 88. Mario Mario 2 I think was either 86 or 87 it might have been 87 it was right beforehand Mario 2 was still in like the top five games that year like it was so freak or so recently released that it was still up there yeah it's just three was such a huge hit that it Weird. blew it out of the water. Yeah, three is great. Yeah, nice. Question number four, and the final question of the round. The book was The Adventure of Huckleberry Finn. The fad was automobiling. The game <laughs> was Bulls and Bears, the great Wall Street game. Popular toy was Wooden Horses, and the song was Symphony in D Minor. What the heck is any of this? <laughs> Rachel's ready. <laughs> Can you say them again, please? <laughs> sure, yeah. The, the book was The Adventure of Huckleberry Finn. The fad was automobiling. The game of the year was Bulls and Bears, the great Wall Street game, which if you remember from a, a long time ago, that was actually a different question that I had. The popular toy was Wooden Horses, and the song was Symphony in D minor. I don't even want to know what automobiling is. I, I feel like it's, it's self-explanatory. It's, yeah, it's decently self-explanatory. <laughs> the song of the year was Symphony in D minor. <laughs> like that's that should give you some sort of indication of time frame here. Tupac, right? <laughs> I feel like the term automobiling is also a time frame. They literally thought that it was a fad. Like that's <laughs> They were like, yeah, it's going to pass. Like, it's just a temporary thing that people think is cool. And yet for the kids, it's still toy horses. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Whatever you're ready, Ryan. 1907. All right. And Rachel? 1889. Uh, It goes to Rachel. It's 1880. So I was like, I I couldn't remember when cars came around. I was like, I know it was well before the turn of the century. But it's like I, I and I knew cars came around before them, but I could not remember because my my actually my first guess was actually going to be 1875. And I was like, I just don't know if the cars were around that early. Yeah, I actually don't know when like they really started being commercially or um, like commonly available. I got to look that up, actually. I was nice. so late on all of those. <laughs> That's right. I'm always late to the party with these things. <laughs> That's how it feels playing your round where you have to guess the year that the uh, the words came in the dictionary. It is yeah. so hard to get that accurate. <laughs> and it's always earlier than you think. Well, Rachel uh, Rachel got a really good head start in that one. Yeah, clean Woo! sweep. Rachel with eight points and myself and Stu holding down the fort. Hopefully eats I did my better. 
<laughs> I felt more confident the further back in time they went, if that goes to show my skill set. <laughs> and I was always, I was 99% of the time I was using the books. The books were giving me tips. Yeah. See that? There's something for everybody in it. Rachel is like, the dawn of the Industrial Revolution. <laughs> oh boy. As a fad. <laughs> All right. Rachel, uh, it is your turn. Okay, so um, my round is called Linguistic Lingo. I am looking for a term that is common in both linguistics, but also in normal everyday speech. Except for the last one. That one's special, and I'll explain it. So what I'm going to do is I will, for two points, actually, so first I will give you the definition of this term as a part of linguistics. Okay. And if you get it at that point, you get two points. If you don't get it at that point, I will give you a second definition, which is uh, the more common everyday definition. And then okay. if you get it at that point, you get one point. Sweet. So words. Yes. I'm looking for one word. Okay. okay. And I have chosen much more common words, uh, so don't delve too deeply into it. Okay. Okay. Question number one. The branch of linguistics and logic concerned with meaning, both large and nitpicky small. Can we get a global definition on linguistics just to set the <laughs> table here? So linguistics, you know, I called it linguistics just so I could say linguistics lingo. Uh -huh. um, but like it covers everything from your grammar, the way that language is structured, the way that words sound, the way... You know, so everything that goes into it. It's um, also what goes into those lovely, funny brackets with the weird symbols that you see to show pronunciation of words. Got it. Also, first rule of this show, never feel shame in coming up with a clever title. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. Well, Ryan, you were talking about yesterday, and I'm very excited to hear it, how you're very excited for the title of the round, which I <laughs> don't know the title of. I only know you're excited. Um <laughs> And I was thinking about it, and I was like, man, he always has good, good round titles. And so I thought about it uh -huh. a little bit more. Right, anyway. Can you repeat the question, please? <laughs> um, definition number one, it is the branch of linguistics and logic concerned with meaning, particularly overarching meaning, but also small nitpicky meaning. Mm, um, stew? Go ahead, Stew. Sorry, Ryan. Uh, purpose? It is not purpose. Motif? It is not motif, but I actually really like that answer. It's, it's not near what I... What, what, <laughs> no, no, no. But seriously, it's a really uh, unique part of grammar that's really interesting, and I like the answer. Yeah. It's it was completely wrong, but I really respect your answer. <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> okay, uh, definition number two. The meaning or an interpretation of the meaning... Of a word, sign, or sentence. Again, both overarching and small and nitpicky. So the second definition, think about it as unrelated to linguistics or anything. Um, Can you repeat the definition again? Sorry. The meaning or an interpretation of the meaning of a word, sign, or sentence. Both overarching and small nitpicky. Definition? That was, yeah, my thought. It is not definition. I mean, I can take one more, but I'll wait for Stu. Go ahead, Stu. Um, 
I don't think my other one is right either. Yeah, I... Let me see if I can use it in a sentence. I knew this round was going to be hard, so... Um, yeah, me too. Just because... <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is like, um, something like, okay, okay, but we're talking about this. We don't need to go into blank. Oh, well... You can right. do it for... Uh, you know, I will let both of you have a guess here. How about that? I'll let both of you have a guess here for one point. Well, if, if I say it and it's not right, I'm going to feel stupid. Uh, is it semantics? Ryan, do you have a guess? Uh, well, I was going to say semantics too, but I don't know how we order it. I'm feeling very kind and generous. So yes, it is semantics. Yeah. My other guess was going to be syntax. Syntax um, has to do with sentence structure. Cool. <laughs> uh, well okay so strangely i had this like grilled i don't know why all of my teachers in high school were like obsessed with like syntax and and those things and had all sorts of acronyms for them which for the world that doesn't know i don't do well with acronyms <laughs> they don't make sense to me so yeah i just remember that very well okay all right, so one point one point one point to each of you. All so right. because these ones are hard, I might adjust these questions a little bit as we go to make it. Because I want these to be doable. Both of us out of the fort. What? It's cold out here. Yeah. Um, question number two. <laughs> we know that Rachel didn't bring a jacket. <laughs> but Ryan probably did. Well, yeah. I'm standing over here far ahead of you guys. It's still sunlight over here. Oh, she okay. is full on Super Saiyan right now. Her hair, her <laughs> head is literally on fire. So it, it's kind of insane. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> um, question number two, uh, first definition. Um, it's there's two parts to this definition. So okay. intonation on a word or phrase used to add functional meaning. A modular modulation of the voice expressing a particular feeling or mood. Stew. Ryan. I heard stew first. Emphasis. It is not emphasis. Ryan. Oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Okay. Definition number two. A musical or vocal sound with reference to its pitch, quality, and strength. Ryan. Oh, go ahead, Ryan. Tone? It is tone. One point to you. Nice. Okay. Question number three. Part one. Definition one, excuse me. The branch of linguistics dealing with language in use and the context in which it is used, including such matters as dexis, the taking of turns in conversation, text, or text organization, presupposition, and implicature. Implicature. Um, Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. Pattern? It is not pattern, but I like where your mind's at. Can you repeat it again? The branch of linguistics dealing with language in use and the contexts in which it is used, including such matters as deexis, the taking of turns in conversation, text organization, presupposition, and implicature. Speaking of, if any linguistics listen to this, um, linguistics experts listen to this episode, please let me know if I'm putting the wrong intonation on that last word. I like <laughs> implicature. I don't. I don't know this word, and I. I don't know if it's Im implicate. I don't know. <laughs> Stu, do you have a guess? No, not really. Um, flow? 
It is not flow, but um, flow would be something that would fall under this branch. Okay. At least I'm uh, remotely correct. <laughs> or at least like, this one might be the hardest one in the round. Do you have a second um, one, or were they both? Uh, I have a second one. Definition number two. Dealing with things sensibly and realistically in a way that is based on practical rather than theoretical considerations. Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. Rationale? It is not rationale. Dealing with things sensibly and realistically in a way that is based on practical rather than theoretical considerations. I I, I have one more. You go for it. I Realistic? I it's not realistic. It's a synonym of realistic. That's cool. <laughs> Get your thesaurus out because this is pragmatic. Pragmatic. Oh. And if you add an S, Pragmatics is the branch. No. Got it. Okay, last one. This one only has one definition. It is a word you would have heard at the very minimum in elementary school, especially when you're learning how to read. Especially, yeah, this is one that you both should know. So, definition. The study and classification of speech sounds. Stu. Go ahead, Stu. Phonics. I will give you phonics. Um, the word is phonetics, but I also referred to it growing up as phonics. So he's hooked on them. I was. I actually figured Stu might have it up because I assume Sterling is kind of in starting to get into this a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You referenced it. You should have at least heard it in elementary school, and that's probably the last place I heard it because I call it phonics. Um, <laughs> Well, the, I, you know, um, rising from the ashes like Stu does. <laughs> For the longest time, I also referred to it that way because until I, I think I was late in high school, that was that had been the last time I had heard it too. So, no judgment from me. Thanks, Rachel. <laughs> Sorry. In my rounds, because they're hard, I award points if I can see what you're going for. Yes, thank you, Rachel. It is appreciated for sure. Stu rising from the ashes like the phonics he is. God, you can't. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Rising up with three points, uh, myself with two, Rachel with eight. We're going to get into my round, which is some good old-fashioned classic general trivia. I'll do this geek bracket style where I will uh, give you guys in uh, a hangout. I will give you the six categories. You will each pick, take turns picking one. So we'll do four questions total. And then a standard general trivia question style. So um, Stu, since you're down, although ahead of me, uh, go ahead and pick your first category. Uh, The categories we have are you're a wizardary, preserving greatness, temple beauty, crazy characters, Old and new, and the state of things. Is that tags that if you clicked on a character definition for me, that just kind of <laughs> meet everything today? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, let's, let's go with old and new. All right. Uh, old and new. Which city would you find the only ancient wonder in the, of the world still standing today? Rachel. Rachel. It's Cairo. Um, well, what city? Hold on. Do, do, 
Nope. You get two seconds of that. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't get any seconds. <laughs> all right. No, I'm going to give it to you. Uh, I mean, I was looking more specifically for Giza, but you're right. It, oh. That is within Cairo. That may have just been my own misgiving. <laughs> I would have. I would have guessed Cairo. That was my first thought so, too. Two points to Rachel there. Because I'm dumb and I'm going to learn specifically what Giza was. <laughs> Present day Giza in Greater Cairo. Got it. I mean, they are the pyramids of Giza. But I'll give you Cairo for two points. Modern city. Uh, and Rachel, you get to pick. Because I'm looking for a definition that applies to myself, I'm going to choose preserving greatness. Ooh, preserving greatness. <laughs> I'm sorry. It really sidestep crazy characters there. Right. Uh, well, that's next. As you can tell, the filter's off. All right. Preserving greatness. The question is focusing on licensing, restoring, and distributing important classic and contemporary films. What notable company's mission is to pioneer and preserve films from around the world, no matter the medium? Focusing on the licensing, restoring, and distributing in distributing important classic and contemporary films what notable company's mission is to pioneer and preserve films from around the world no matter the medium Stu. Stu. is this mgm no not mgm i don't know why i thought of this because i'm thinking of the different licensing entities i don't know why i thought of this but kodak no not kodak that's an interesting guess nice guess yeah Focusing on licensing, restoring, and distributing important classic and contemporary films, what notable company's mission is to pioneer and preserve films from around the world, no matter the medium. Any other guess? Yeah, I've got one more. I don't, uh, I don't think this is accurate because I think they only do older things, but Gutenberg? No, not Gutenberg. Stu, any more guess? No, I have a name in my head that I, it's completely escaping me. Uh, so go ahead. All right. So I think the if I remember right, the company started in like the mid seventies. Um, you've definitely heard this name before. Uh, restoring like classic movies or international movies, like movies that uh, are really well regarded, are a little culty, like don't have you know are actually bringing back things to life. Uh, you've definitely heard this before. This is the Criterion Collection. Oh, oh. Yes. okay. Yeah. Yeah. The Criterion Collection focused on preserving uh, films from around the world, uh, no matter the medium. So tape, uh, you know, Betamax, uh, you know, all that stuff. Like no matter where, you know, Laserdisc, wherever they came on, even, you know, old classic uh, reels and stuff like that. So trying to preserve, you know, those old classic great movies. Cool. All right. So we still have You're a Wizard, Ari, Temple Beauty. Crazy characters and the state of things. Stu, where do you want to go? I, I'm really curious about all of these. Uh, <laughs> I want to know Temple Beauty. I've, that's the one that's like really. I want to know. Okay, another one exactly in Stu's wheelhouse. The question is: What quote city that is a temple, as the Sanskrit translation would imply, is the largest religious structure in the world and has been a Buddhist temple since the 12th century? Rachel? Rachel. Is it Anchor Wat? It is Anchor Wat. I don't I don't think it's active anymore. Cuz it got rediscovered. Unless uh, I'm incorrect. Uh, how do you rediscover something that was you knew was there that was never lost? 
No, I, I thought I thought that Anchor Wat like for a, quite a long time, like the locals knew what was there, but it was pretty much abandoned. Mm. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't wrong. know. Okay. I mean, we can internet help it. me. <laughs> internet I don't think help that's how me. it works. <laughs> internet help me. I'm not a tech person. That's like in, your in, Kamehameha. Yeah, like, <laughs> like 90s, 90s cartoon fashion. The computers yes. all start glowing and shaking as they like form a Megatron computer. All the Ethernet cords band together. <laughs> it becomes like a mecha thing. <laughs> the, yeah, Angkor Wat, what city that is a temple, as the Sanskrit translation would imply, is the largest religious structure in the world and has been a Buddhist temple since the 12th century. I mean, it doesn't state that okay. it's active. I mean, maybe, maybe I can word the question a little bit okay. more clearly, but. Okay, so I was incorrect that it had been completely abandoned. It is said, according to Wikipedia, so most of the Angkor temples had been abandoned. Um, it was largely neglected after the 16th century, but it was not completely abandoned. Hmm. Oh. Semantics. That but, one uh, person who stayed there defended it for 400 years. <laughs> I want to know about his health regimen. <laughs> Mostly just meditation. I'll do okay, it. Well, I'm failing. <laughs> All right, Rachel, uh, one more category. Yeah, I, I, I'm just going to go for the state of things. <laughs> All right, the state of things. What bird is the state bird in seven different states? Stew. Stew. Is this the blue jay? Uh, not the blue jay. Rachel? What? Rachel. Oh. The cardinal? It is the cardinal. I was like, it's going to be the blue one or the red one. <laughs> <laughs> and Stu picked the blue one. So. <laughs> Nicely done. The cardinal is the state bird in seven different states. Yeah, so halftime, um, it is... We, I mean, we could just throw in the towel now. It is myself with two points, Stu with five points, Rachel with 14 points. Oh my goodness. Oh my we need to form a mega person to defeat her. <laughs> we need something that could fight off all of the internet that she summoned. Uh, it's called um, when I am exceptionally exhausted, uh, my own mind can't fight against me. So finding the files in the file room for answers gets a lot easier when my own mind isn't saying, no, you can't. No, you can't. It should be easy to DDoS then. <laughs> yeah. You guys, you guys got to tell me because I can't write code. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Stu, it is your turn again. Yes. Uh, so my second round is uh, another one of my previous rounds, which is apps and movie mashup. Uh, I'm going to give you a description that is both a description for a movie and a phone application that share oh, the yeah. same name. Question number one. Growing up is hard, especially when your childhood toy comes to life to support all your bad habits and immaturity. It's a good thing that John has so many motivating videos to help him grow up and stay with his girlfriend. Rachel? Rachel. Garfield? It's not Garfield, no. So oh, no, they, no, the, I got it. an app and a movie have the same name, correct? It's the same name. Yes. Okay. Can you say it again? Sure. Growing up is hard, especially when your childhood toy comes to life to support all your bad habits and immaturity. It's a good thing John has so many motivating videos to help him grow up and stay with his girlfriend. Wow. Um, uh, I mean, I guess technically it's an app, but Vice? It's not Vice. No. I have another guess. Rachel, go for it. 
Is it Ted? It's Ted. That's right. Oh. <laughs> One point to Rachel. <laughs> nice. Clever. Thank you. Question number two. While being grounded, this one might be a, a little bit harder too. While being grounded, kid tries hanging out online with his friends with voice chat, but ultimately sneaks out, dodges bullies, and joins his best friend for the party of a lifetime. Um, I'll give a slight hint here. Uh, the movie came out in the 90s, and the app was extremely popular right at the beginning of COVID-19. Oh. You could almost say that it was like pretty much like well suited for that situation for being on lockdown. Oh, <laughs> I took social it's, isolation real hard. <laughs> like I said, it's one of the tougher ones. I don't think it's right, but I. It, it, well, so it's the exact same name. Yes. Uh, I was going to say Slack and Slackers, the movie. Um, no. I don't know. Is it Discord? It's not Discord. No, it's similar to Discord. Any guesses, Rachel? The only thing similar to Discord that I can think of is WhatsApp. That's not WhatsApp either. But that's been around forever. Is it? Can I go over time? Sure. Is it TikTok? It's not TikTok. No, it is House Party, which would oh, be. Oh, I don't know what that is. It's yeah. It's a. Uh, <laughs> it's a social. It's a very quick, like, social get-together app sort of thing. Uh, people use it all the time for online gaming, uh, specifically Fortnite, or just quick hangouts where uh, you just get a group of people together. It's basically like a Discord room. But the uh, 90s movie uh, with Kid and Play from the band Kid and Play uh, feature in the movie. Definitely nice. a more obscure one. Uh, question number three. This one is this one's actually a mashup. It's not the same name. Uh, it, they share one word between the two of them, and okay. that is uh, that's the middle. So this one's actually a mashup. Question number three. Kirk and his friends must stop their genetically engineered en enemy from gaining too much college level knowledge for free before he obtains the genesis to destroy the world. Rachel. <laughs> Rachel. The Wrath of Khan Academy. <laughs> that oh. is correct. <laughs> <laughs> By far my absolute favorite. Nice. I love that. I had Star Trek. Nice. Two points to Rachel, though she doesn't need any more points. But the still. Wrath of Khan Academy. <laughs> question number four and the final question of the round. This one shares the same name. Yep. An orphaned boy only has a few seconds to use his newfound superpowers to find his mother through the power of music. An orphan boy must only or an orphan boy only has a few seconds to use his newfound superpowers in order to find his mother through the power of music. Ryan. Ryan. Shazam? Shazam. <laughs> oh I don't know the gosh. backstory of that very well. <laughs> yeah, no, I uh <laughs> Yeah, it's an orphan boy. Uh, he goes out to find his mom and then ends up realizing he has superpowers and then, you know, meets a villain, essentially. That's, that's pretty much all you can garner from, nice. <laughs> from the quick synopsis. I was going to say, like, Batman, the app. <laughs> Shazam. <laughs> nice. Shazam. Two points to Ryan. All right. Uh, an astounding three points to Stu, four to myself, 17 to Rachel. It is <laughs> Rachel's turn and our last chance to catch up at all. <laughs> Okay, um, so these are kind of fun. So in this round, uh, I will tell you a little bit about like an English proverb. It doesn't have to be religious or anything. Just like a saying such as, 
um, the grass is always greener on the other side. Okay. Idioms. Okay. No, proverbs. We're using them for a different meaning. Oh. Yeah. I will give you a little bit about what this uh, proverb is, like what it means, and then I will give you the first half. I want the second half. Okay. Okay. Got it. Okay. So, question number one. When giving hypocritical criticism, you should remember this popular proverb, which starts, people who live in glass houses. Right. I I have a tie here, so uh, Stu, you can go first. Should not throw stones. Ryan? Yeah, shouldn't throw stones. Two points to both of you. Sweet. Look at that, we're catching up through teamwork. (laughs) Power of teamwork. I'm glad Rachel didn't get so semantic of... uh, you know, shouldn't or should not. <laughs> Technically, Which, Stu got it correct for because it's uh, should not, but I'm feeling nice. <laughs> oh my god. Um, question number two Those who speak up when something needs to be corrected are the subject of this proverb, starting the squeaky wheel. Stu. Ryan. I heard Stu first. Uh, always gets the grease. Yes, I will give that to you. Two points there. Is it just gets the grease? Gets the grease. It always... gets the grease, Okay, but um, the meaning stayed the same. I was taking a second to think of whether the meaning changed. Okay. But... Thank you. Always. Always. I always heard it as always, but... Question number three. Similarly, when life gets hard, this proverb speaks to those who go above and beyond to succeed all the same. When the going gets tough... Ryan. Go ahead. The tough get going. That is correct. Two points to you there. I, I wasn't super familiar like with this one. I, I, I know I've heard it before, but like this one is not near the front of my mind. Oh, I feel like you hear it in TV or movies or something yeah. like that more. I've heard it. Yeah, I've heard it quite a bit. Huh. Maybe I'm just the odd one out. Would not surprise me. Question number four. Our comfort zone is just that. Comfortable. But according to this proverb, you're losing out on the opportunities to grow by staying there. As this proverb starts, a ship in the harbor is safe, but... Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. It's like smooth seas never made for a skilled sailor, something like that? No. What? That's a different proverb. Oh, I saw that one on Tumblr. (laughs) (laughs) That was your first mistake. (laughs) That's where I get all my intellectual knowledge from. (laughs) A ship in the harbor is safe, but I I don't know the rest of it. This I will fully say this was a proverb that was brand new to me, but I actually kind of like it. A ship in the harbor is safe, but that's not what a ship is for. Ah. I mean, it's not that far off. Okay, it's not there to stay there forever. <laughs> No, I mean from my answer. From his, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's like... That, that, but it's what yours is saying is a little different. This one is talking about getting out of your comfort zone. And learning skills as a sailor. Yours is about when things get, get hard. Mm. Yours is about the boat. <laughs> yes, this one is all about the boat. We don't care about the people. <laughs> don't miss the boat. <laughs> Don't miss the boat. Get on the boat, get out of the harbor, and don't come back. That was my first problem, is I literally missed the boat. You missed the boat. You missed the boat for the sailors. (laughs) 
Uh, that is my round. <laughs> All right. Well, we've both missed the boat and have, I think, no chance of catching up, but put up some points. So seven to Stu, eight to myself. Rachel was 17. We're going to go into my round, uh, which... What's the title? <laughs> it's famous first words, not famous oh. last words. Oh, my God. And it just made me giggle. Famous first words. Where uh, I will give you uh, the book opening line of some famous books and with famous first That's words. Good. That I'm is so, so good. I'm so ready. All right. So I will give you the first sentence of uh, a classic book and you just need to give me the title. Uh, I think I can give the author after that if needed. Yeah, we'll go from there. The first time we're doing this round. So, uh, you know, there's a few, a few uh, softballs or some classics. All right. Question one. It was a bright, cold day in April, and the clocks were striking 13. Stew. Stew. 1985? <laughs> you want to take one more go at that? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> wait. <laughs> 1984. Oh, my God. <laughs> a bright, cold day in April. The clocks were striking 13. Uh, this was not the hotly anticipated sequel. This was, in fact... <laughs> 1984, George Orwell. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my goodness. Two <laughs> points to stay there. Question number two. It's a funny thing about mothers and fathers. Even when their own child is the most disgusting little blister you could ever imagine, they still think that he or she is wonderful. This one, the hint may be more help, but... It's a funny thing about mothers and fathers. Even when their own child is the most disgusting little blister you could ever imagine, they still think that he or she is wonderful. Any guesses before? No. I feel like this. Like I feel like I've heard this in like a movie intro, but I could be entirely wrong. The author is Roald Dahl. Oh yeah, duh. Okay, Stu. Stu. <sighs> Matilda. It is Matilda. Oh, I should have I should have known that. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of Matilda because what I remember of it is she's good. That's uh. yeah. Uh, yep, Matilda. Yeah, so you did. You probably heard it. Yeah, it's Danny DeVito. <laughs> yep. Nice job. Two points to steer there. Question number three: What's it gonna be? A. There was me. That is Alex and my three droogs. This is Pete, Georgie, and Dim. Dim being really dim, and we sat in the core of a milk bar trying to make our Razadox what to do with the evening. <laughs> I might be completely wrong about this. I don't remember the title. I think I know the author. The title would help more, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I think this is a Stephen... Maybe this is a Stephen King book? It's not a Stephen King book. Oh, okay. Never mind. This then. is classic, but it's kind of in its own cult way. Uh, all right. What's it going to be? A, there was me. That is Alex. And my three droogs. That is Pete, Georgie, and Dim. Dim being really dim. And we sat in the core of a milk bar trying to make up our Razadox what to do with the evening. Sounds so familiar. I don't it know. It's a classic, but you, you have to know it. You, you have to know the language more so than maybe the, the plot. Although it does say... Obviously, a lot of character names. Yeah, I can't place the character names. Can we get an author? Uh, the author, which may not help as much, is Anthony Burgess. 
or Burgess? Uh, I've read one book by him a really long time ago, and I don't remember which one. I just know I have read one. I would suspect it's this one. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so what Rachel? Is- <laughs> yeah. Is this of Mice and Men? No. Okay. Classic cult book, uh, also a uh, cult movie some like kind of rough hooligans if you if you know it it's obvious but if you don't it's pretty far along so the milk bar kind of symbolizing innocence but these people in sort of deco i don't know if it's russia or london but um like drug their milk and it's a whole thing but uh this is a clockwork orange that's why oh Oh i knew that yeah alex being the uh main um uh like anti-hero character so no points there question number four and last question of the game all children except one grow up Stu. rachel Mm, Stu is there first but i'll let you both write it down or uh, lock it in okay all right Stu. peter pan rachel peter pan this would be peter pan jm barry all children except one grow up Pretty sure my first celebrity crush was whoever played the blonde Peter Pan in the live action in the early 2000s. I don't remember who he was. I don't know the actor's name, but I'm pretty sure it was either my first or my second, depending on the timing, because the other one was, of course, Legolas, but... Of course. Not Orlando Bloom. We got to be very clear about that. It's very specifically Legolas. Yeah, but it's not Orlando Bloom. Speaking for the trees. (laughs) anyway all right that is the end of the game uh caught up a little bit it ended up making a game out of it myself with eight uh stew with 13 but rachel just running away with it from the start with 19 points wow Woo! thank My you guys goodness. nice job uh that is the end of the game and we can get to some picks uh each episode a couple of us give a game a movie experience something cool like that that uh, sets your hair on fire and uh today <laughs> rachel has a pick Um, So I kind of already talked about my pick a little bit at the beginning of the show. My pick is a uh, type of uh, shampoo slash coloring system called Gem Lights, G-E-M-L-I-T-E-S. Essentially, it's 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 called like a gradual color deposit thing. But what I use it for is I dye my hair, but I don't really go extreme with it. What it does is it keeps it up from fading um, as fast. So it, it it deposits a little bit of color. I would use it like once a week. And um, it just do, does just enough to keep um, keep the fading from going too quickly. And it works really, really well. And um, I will be going back to that brand and, <laughs> and not experimenting with anything else because that one did work. It worked very, very well. Um, I would highly recommend it. It's just gem lights. Um, I think you can make it in a conditioner or a shampoo. Mine was in a shampoo, and you can just buy it on Amazon. Nice. Nice, yeah. We'll put that in the show notes. Um, I can do a, one. I kind of stumbled on a on a quick little documentary true crime uh, hodgepodge history thing, and uh, it was a fun little mystery documentary on Netflix called Made You Look. It is a, a true story about fake art, and uh, it's basically the story of... Um, 
a woman who I think owns a gallery or at least manages a gallery um, and finds all of these masterful, like all of the, like, you know, somebody in their collection had a, a Rothko from, from back in the day or, or a de Kooning uh, famous piece, like these masterful artists from, you know, the uh, like mid-century, like fifties ish, fifties, sixties, seventies, kind of that era. Um, and the whole like, they, you know, not everyone knows where they came from and they're trying to speculate and there's people who are trying to buy them or they get sold for like millions of dollars. And then they, you know, they discover that maybe some of these are not exactly what they were. And it's this whole like, it's really an interview. It's like a basically a true crime mystery interview, but with the people um, as they go through this and then end up, you know, facing like certain sanctions and legal trouble and the whole story of not only like, the fancy New York art scene, but also um, the people who theoretically made this. And there's a certain a handful of people um, like in in China and who are like crafting these and are not only like not only just replicating them for fun, but like make it their craft to like perfectly execute the paint and the smears in the canvas the same way that like Rothko or de Kooning or, or these people might have uh, in the past. And, and then they get like sold and then there's a whole like criminal underbelly to it and uh, like a whole back and forth. And um, it ended up being a really fun, just kind of documentary that was kind of fun to sit through. Um, I mean, I think it's true. Like it is, I like, I I had never really heard those stories before, Um, but it was really fun to watch, especially as, um, when I had started watching it the first time, uh, I had been getting really into studying people like that, like, uh, like, you know, those people and other, uh, you know, other notable artists and stuff and like reading like, uh, coffee table books and some of the art books of, of those sorts of people. So it was kind of a, a fun one to dive into. That's super cool. That's really interesting. Yeah. The um, counterfeiting world is really cool. Yeah, like it, it's kind of crazy. And then they start diving into like the specific paint and they're analyzing it and they're saying like this yellow didn't actually come out into production by, you know, the so-and-so paint company until 65. But that was like a year after. And I, I don't remember the dates, but, you know, like a year after de Kooning had died or, you know, something like that. So it's like yeah. that couldn't have been. So how do you go back and forth? Even these people who are like trying to trace you know, again, not just like get it right, but actually source canvas from that time period and like that paint so that it's exactly the same and it tarnishes the same way and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So kind of a fun one. It's just it's like an hour and a half little documentary and it's you know kind of lightweight, but it was it was fun just to, to watch and, you know, kind of have on in the background. And um, I thought it was really fun. Yeah, so, that's super cool. That's uh, made you look. It's on Netflix. Uh, a true story about fake art. So we'll have a link in the show notes. And uh, if you have a pick or a trivia idea or anything like that that we could shout out on the show or, or maybe do as a round soon, uh, email those to thingsagotwrong at gmail.com. You can also check out the, the website, thingsagotwrong.com, and as well as Twitter and Instagram and all of that. The next episode will be late October. It will be our spookiest episode ever. Uh, we're hoping to have a, a big crowd, uh, hoping to, to make it a, a fun Halloween treat for all. So uh, stick tuned for that. And uh, thanks again to the team here, Stu and Rachel. Thank you, Ryan and Rachel. Thank you. And uh, until next time, get your Halloween costumes ready, because until next time, we'll see you later. The Great Pumpkin is coming.